you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday, February 2nd, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a voice that's not ragged from having shouted at the screen wondering where Punxsutawney Phil uh, would net out. Apparently, he didn't see his shadow, which means that we will have an early spring. I don't really know, I don't know how, how it worked out. I'm not sure I care. He is the pride of the Rams, the Fordham Rams. He's the pride of the Giants, the New York Giants. Did he play? No, but he's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's an admitted fan of the New York Giants, the G-Men, the men in blue. And, uh, and he's the host, of course, of NFL Total Access, the broadcast, who is a regular on this show, a trusted friend, and one hell of an analyst in his own right. He is the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back to the pod, Michael. Yo, two, two times in, in one week. Yeah. Let's go, yeah, man. Seriously. I'm pumped. This is, this is called a run. This yes, is called, yes. We're trending. <laughs> we're trending in the Yam direction. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, Bridget Condon's going to stop by here in a little bit Hello. with five things we may have missed in Championship Sunday. So before we get too far down the road, looking ahead to Super Bowl Sunday, Bridget wants to remind us of a few things we may have missed last Sunday. It's good stuff. Stay tuned for that. Michael and I are also going to talk about just a couple of prop bets. I teased that yesterday. I want to make good on that promise. Uh, a couple of the prop bets I found interesting that are on the board, Michael. I'm going to throw them your way and just kind of see where you take them. But more importantly, we are going to talk today about Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes. And yes, some of you may be rolling your eyes. It's a little bit reductive to just talk about the quarterbacks. But in this particular case, in Patrick Mahomes' case, let's say, number 15, Michael, for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's getting better. We didn't 
think that's possible. We wouldn't have thought that's yeah. possible. And yet it is, and it's true, and Michael will explain how he's getting better. That has to be scary news for Niners fans. We're also going to talk about Brock Purdy because we got a little insight into the inner workings of the front office and the coaching staff in San Francisco. And in fact, why don't we start there? Coop, do me a favor. Play for us the Jed York. He's the CEO of the San Francisco 49ers who had some fascinating and a rather uncut, uncensored, and unexpected take on Brock Purdy about the moment that they knew, specifically the moment Kyle Shanahan knew that Brock Purdy was their guy. Hey, hey man, we, we, we got to talk. And that's generally not a good thing when your coach tells you we got to talk. Like, all right, what's up? And he's like, uh, I think our third string quarterback's our best quarterback. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, he's like, obviously, like, we've invested in Trey. Like, Trey's doing a good job. Like, we're going to do everything that we can. We're not going to change that. And we're not going to change the chart, the depth chart. But, like, I, I, I think Brock will end up being our quarterback at some point. And, like, he didn't force it. Right? You had two injuries, and that's how Brock ended up playing. But he's, he's always honest. Even if it's not, like, one thing that owners don't love to hear when they've invested money and or draft picks or both into people that the last pick in the draft is the guy that we think is the best. <laughs> that's, that's generally not great news, um, but, but he's honest and he let it play out the right way. You know, Brock, I think, ironically, I think his first game was against the Chiefs and he, he had some mop up time and I, Brock, I think he threw one ball into the stands and you know, I may or may not have had some sarcastic comments for, for Kyle post-game. Um, but when Brock took over last year, like, I think we had a calm about us, but there was a sense that like, nothing catches you by surprise. And, and again, like, you, you might not love everything that Kyle tells you, but he's always open and honest, especially in the moment. And he's very clear about that with me. It's like, look, I will tell you exactly what I think of a player, a situation, a coach in the moment, but that might not be how I feel three weeks from now. Okay, uh, Mikey, and we all sort of made a, an audible gasp of some sort in the meeting when we heard this together this morning. Jed York, CEO, saying that he gets a call from Kyle Shanahan telling him that, hey, uh, we got a problem because our third-string quarterback is our best quarterback, <laughs> and no, we're not going to change the order, and yes, you know, Trey Lance is doing fine, and we have a commitment to Jimmy, but ultimately, eventually, Brock's going to be our guy. He knew then. Isn't that isn't that just a fascinating moment? That's the best way to describe it. When I heard the story, I was like, whoa, this is crazy, because I think it takes you behind the curtain a little bit. Yes. And as we were walking out of our production meeting, we were talking about this today, and Baldy, I thought, hit the nail on the head. He said, people know. The coaches know what the roster looks like, what they have on the roster, who's able to execute at a really high level. The fact that Brock was doing it reminds me of what it was like when he actually got those opportunities because it wasn't just Kyle Shanahan that recognized that. I think if you go back early, I'm blanking on whatever game it was, but Brock had a touchdown in in one of his first games. And I think it, if I'm not mistaken, might, I don't know why I have it in my head that it was a rushing touchdown. Maybe it's just the celebration that I'm thinking about, which has me thinking it was a rushing touchdown. But the point is the sideline and the players erupted for Brock Purdy. And it felt different than 
the usual celebration for a quarterback. And I think it signaled to us that, hey, like they actually really like this guy genuinely. And it turns out they actually believed. And I think if the players, the players probably saw the same thing that Kyle Shanahan saw, which is, yo, this is going to end up being our guy. Without a doubt. And you're right. I remember that well. And I, neither one of us remembers the game or the particular play. But listener, you probably have a muscle memory of seeing that, of seeing Brock Purdy you know, he wasn't lifted on their shoulders, but he might as well have been uh, a Niners team that that mobbed him in the end zone to celebrate with him. And I remember the the cynical question that was asked moments after was, uh, isn't that disrespectful to Jimmy Garoppolo? But I think the larger story is is has played out and the larger truth is now clear, which is they saw what Kyle Shanahan saw, which is this guy's really good. Yeah. He he can do the job, and man, he is doing the job quite well. Mike Yam, let's talk about how he is doing the job because there is something, one of his superpowers, as David Carr and Michael Robinson and others have pointed out, is his ability to stay composed. There is a poise about him, which we saw perfectly illustrated in that championship game against the Ravens. He showed zero emotion the entire game until the final victory formation. He took the knee, he got up, and then he pumped his fists and screamed to the heavens, but was, yeah. was able to control his emotions for all 60 of those vital minutes, those minutes that, that landed the San Francisco 49ers back in the Super Bowl. But there is something about his composure, and Michael, it announces itself maybe most dramatically when facing pressure. So I think it's a really, we just heard from Jed York, right? And I think besides the fact of him telling the story of Kyle Shanahan, the reason that you heard as to why Brock Purdy would end up being the guy, Jed said it, hey, this guy is, he's elevating everyone else, but he's cool under pressure. There's a calmness, I think was the exact word that he used in his game. And I think if you look at some of the numbers here, and I have them in front of me, what Brock Purdy has done against the Blitz this season, including the playoffs, this is a next-gen stat. He's second in the NFL in completion percentage. He's first in the NFL in yards per attempt. By the way, I think he might be first in yards per attempt even when there's no Blitz, because those guys have been tremendous after the catch. And he's first in passer rating. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> are, are... I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to interrupt you just to kind of like fawn on his behalf, because it's a second-year player, yeah. his first full season, those are extraordinary numbers, and they'd be extraordinary numbers if he was 11th or 12th, and yet he's not 11th yeah. or 12th. He's not middle of the pack. He's first or second yeah. in those metrics. That's astonishing. Is that a game manager stat? I would argue it's not. Yeah, it certainly isn't. It, it, which is wild to me. If you allow me to go on this brief little tangent here. Oh, please do. I, I was getting ready for the show. So our research department does an amazing job. There, there's more than you can even dissect. I saw a line in the research packet, and I read it. I'm not joking Drew. I read it 10 times in a row. I couldn't believe it. And it has nothing necessarily, do, well, it has everything to do with play on the field and almost nothing to do with play on the field when I tell you this. One of the big questions that I've had all season off air with our guys during our commercial breaks, it's come up numerous times and I've said it to them each and every time. How do the Niners, when the day comes, how do they pay Brock Purdy? Mm. I mean, this is... Okay, you threw that out yeah. there uh, in our last show together, which was just yesterday, oh, <laughs> and yet you did, but, but you didn't answer it. So I'm glad that you brought it back up because I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on this one. Uh, what's the answer? And is the answer dependent upon the result of Super Bowl 58? So if he wins the Super Bowl... Okay, so if he does win, I, let's, let's start there. There's probably a pretty good chance he's MVP of the game, right? Just 
the greater nature than, of well greater than 50 percent chance nature of the award check this out this is these are not earth shattering numbers everyone knows this patrick mahomes total value of his contract 450 million dollars that's a lot right it is <laughs> oh yeah purdy's total value 3.7 Okay, and look, to the timing of the deal, first season. So they're only starter. separated by 446.3. Okay, how about this? Mahomes Million makes dollars. Brock Purdy's yearly salary every 7.6 days. <laughs> what? I read that okay, so many times. On. I could go in further on. Say into that, the Say weeks. that again. Yeah. That can't be true. I tweeted this out. Mahomes makes Brock Purdy's yearly salary every 7.6 days. Wow. It's wild to me. I say that because I really do think, look, do I think Brock Purdy gets Mahomes money? I'm not suggesting that. All I'm suggesting is there is such this negative attitude about a guy who's Mr. Irrelevant. Yes. All he does yes. is thrive. All he's done is led this team All he does to is a Super win, Bowl. win. He wins. Yes. He handles himself under pressure. It's almost like every hater out there wants the other shoe to fall off and wants to say, well, look at what happened in the first half against the Lions. Yeah. Look at what happened in the first half against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I get it. They're not robots. But I'll tell you this. I've seen Josh Allen make a lot of mistakes yeah, out sure on the have. football field. And I don't, I don't mean to single out one quarterback. No, no, no. We don't point single, is, in fact, don't single out Josh. We've seen Josh Allen. We've yeah. seen Dak Prescott. We've seen highly no paid 40-plus million-dollar-a-year guys have entire seasons of head-scratching uh, profligacy, very wasteful with the ball, where they gave it away as many times as they put it in the end zone. The, we've seen seasons like that from the quote-unquote best in the game. So if you look statistically speaking at what Brock Purdy's done, and someone might say, Mike, stop being a stacky. Fine. Go talk to Chase Daniel. Go listen to David Carr on yes. this podcast. Yes. The guys who have played the position, Kurt Warner, who joins us on Total Access, and will tell you about these next-level throws. Baldy, who breaks down tape better than anyone, telling you why this guy is elite. I don't know what else fans would possibly want to see other than the, the statistical support and then the observation and the film to back it up to say— how do you not pay him as one if he's a Super Bowl MVP? How, who was in the MVP conversation all year this season? How do you not pay him top five money? I I don't like. I would argue if it was Trey Lance. Look, we just heard Jed York who to talk Trey up. If it was Trey Lance who was performing like this, what would the conversation be? It would be it would hey, be no brainer. He's forty five plus. Uh, going maybe 50 plus, uh, depending on what the market looks like at the moment of signing, at the moment of negotiation. You're absolutely right. There'd be no question about it. Uh, and we would sort of be gleeful about, ooh, I wonder what the final right. number is going to be. And yet now we're nervous about the number because we're not sure what it will be or what it should be. It's wild. It me. is pretty wild. Very interesting, Mikey. Sorry, thanks for those letting are, me do no, that Those tangent. are astonishing numbers to <laughs> I hear. The, imagine, every seven and a half days, that one, that one does my head in. Let's talk very, very quickly about, before we turn to the Chiefs, about how they got there. The San no. Francisco 49ers opened the 2023 campaign putting up 30, 30, 30, 35, and 42 points in five straight dominating wins. Then they scored 17, 17, and 17 again in three straight 
bewildering losses. In those three straight losses, one of those losses was to a Browns team in inclement weather. There's something in that sure. that we have seen. The suggestion that if it's wet, I'm worried about Brock Purdy. David Carr has has suggested that. Michael Robinson has suggested that. I haven't heard Bali suggest it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. The Chase very, has brought it up the too. Very, yes, Chase did too. The very guys that have applauded him for all the reasons that he deserves the standing ovation have also expressed concern when the elements aren't right. Can you pay a guy... 45 50 plus million dollars a year if he requires a certain atmospheric condition for him to be at his best you're if you're paying that much don't you need a guy who is somewhat not impervious but at least not too encumbered by meteorological <laughs> vagaries i mean isn't that the deal i can't, we can't pay a guy there. in the nfl to yeah. be good only when the conditions are right yeah but i Look at the game against Cleveland that they lost. Yeah, kicked the field goal and they Jake, win it. If Jake Moody buries the field yeah, it's goal, it's a different. It's a different it's conversation. I always forget so, about that. And that's that's my point here. Like, you you do pay a guy obviously when he's at his best. I think the collective though speaks much more loudly than the minority situations. So I still think like, does he get better than Daniel Jones money? Like, don't you have he to better? Pay? He kind of have to, right? right? Right. I mean, I just think about some of the free agent deals that have gone down or, or the offseason contracts for some of these quarterbacks. I mean, totally a different scenario. And I don't mean to bring this up because the circumstances were totally different. Like the Sean Watson money versus Brock Purdy, like it's not even close. David to Carr, a number one overall pick, has said this about the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, that he throws the best second level ball in the game. He layers it better than anyone in the game, that he buys more time in the pocket better than anyone sure. in the game. And listener, put that in your mind. We're not talking about somebody who can escape the pocket uh, like a Lamar Jackson, like a Josh Allen. No, somebody who buys himself that extra quarter second, half second, sometimes a full second with his ability to back away from pressure, keep his chin up and his eyes downfield, and still <laughs> find guys while getting assaulted. It's extraordinary stuff. But let's go back to how they got there. After those three straight 17-point output losses, they then averaged 35.5 points in six straight wins. Now, they took that beat down to the Ravens on yeah. Christmas Day, and then they split the final two games. Keep in mind, they rested everyone in that final week loss, that 21-20 loss to the Rams. Uh, all to say, a mixed bag here and there from this Niners team that many of us assumed would be and was the best team in the NFC. No disrespect to the Lions or the Eagles or the Cowboys. Now, they looked a little meh against the Packers, which you pointed out, and Brock led that final drive anyway. They won. They looked terrible against the Lions for that first half. They looked unbeatable in the next, and they won. How much do you trust this team? So it's interesting because I was thinking back to our conversation uh, on yesterday's pod about where the vulnerabilities are yes. for this Niners team. You mentioned the secondary. And I did point to secondary, and I'm, I'm actually looking for my notes right now because I was thinking about that question ahead of today's show, not only the broadcast, but also this podcast. And I'm, I'm looking for them. I don't see them in front of me. But I'm also now wondering if it's stopping the run. Yeah. The numbers were pretty staggering. What they've done the entire regular season. Yeah, they versus. were top three unit against the run in the regular season. They have been radically different, radically different in the in the postseason. They have been, dare I say, porous against the run. So I got the numbers here. The Niners giving up almost 70 more rushing yards in the postseason than in the regular season. That's the largest increase in NFL history by a team that's reached the Super Bowl. Okay, so with a facing a Chiefs team that has committed this season and even specifically recently to 
the running game with passion back Isaiah Pacheco and that good kind of hammer part two of a two-headed backfield in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and of course the running ability of Patrick Mahomes himself that seems like a vulnerability we talked about the potential vulnerability of the backside of that Niners defense the secondary has been gettable and yet Chiefs are not known for pushing the ball down the field this season so you I think you call that basically a wash or a push Uh, last thing about the Niners real quick Steve Wilkes we have talked a lot about Steve Spagnuolo. We've talked a lot, obviously, about Andy Reid and obviously a lot about Kyle Shanahan. And yet the D.C. for the San Francisco 49ers, Steve <laughs> Wilkes, seems like an overlooked guy here. My question to you is this. It came up earlier, and I don't remember what you said about it. I think the Chiefs have scored on their opening drive seven, eight, eight times. times in a row. Eight times in a row. Does Wilkes, how important is it to a Steve Wilkes-led defense for them to prevent that from happening and making it nine in a row? No one's done that in the history of the postseason. I, I mean, the the eight consecutive opening drive scores. The last thing that I want to see, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, Chase actually made this point in our, our production meeting, and I thought it was a good one. It almost doesn't matter for Kansas City to get off to a good start, uh, which kind of surprised me. But then I, I thought about it, and I said, he's actually not wrong. Like, you've seen that fight. Now, I, you could make an argument. Clearly, the Niners have not had fast starts and been able to overcome those. So you can make that argument. I I get that. All I'm saying is I don't know if I look at the Packers defense and the Lions defense and say they're better than the Kansas City Chiefs because the answer in my mind is no. And I just don't know if Patrick Mahomes and company goes up a score, two scores in a game. Niners offense is explosive. I just don't know if you can dig yourself out of a hole like they did against the Lions against Kansas City. So I still look at the the start from a Niners perspective, not only Wilkes and the defense keeping them in check, but it's almost paramount to see this offense rolling, this Niners offense rolling early. I asked that to Chase. I said, look, man, you know, we always talk about those scripted first 15 plays. That's what Kyle and these offenses are are gonna you know gonna take their best stop on that opening drive, and yet we hadn't seen that play out that way. And he thought the one thing that struck him against the Packers and the Lions, which I thought was a good observation, they didn't really emphasize Christian McCaffrey on that on those opening yes. drives. He thinks that that's got to dramatically change in this game. And to be honest with you, I don't understand how that possibly couldn't be the case. McCaffrey will be established in such a meaningful way in that in that game. He, he's got to. I mean, he is, I'm going to say this to Baldy. Baldy was talking talking about uh, all the things that McCaffrey could do. He's Weapon X out there. And there's literally nothing that the guy can't do on the offensive side. So I, I think it's going to be huge. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. 
Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, the host of Total Access, the broadcast, Mike Yam, the sweet potato kid. We have talked a little bit about Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. I want to turn quickly before I lose you, Mike Yam, and talk about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, who many believe if he retired today would be a Hall of Famer. It'd be hard to push back against that who many believe that if he gets a win, leads his team to a win next Sunday in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, will have established, cemented uh, this dynastic period for the Chiefs. We can call it a dynasty if they win next Sunday. And yet an even more extraordinary take was made recently in our presence by a couple of our colleagues. That take being that Patrick Mahomes is only getting better. Mike Yam... How is that freaking possible? The rest of the league should be on notice. Yeah, damn right they should be. I'm not even, I I can't believe I'm saying it, but I heard it. It was a pretty good case that was made. What case would you make? You're seeing what they are seeing. So there's a couple things from, we'll start with Mahomes. Number one, look at the way the Kansas City offense has won some of these games. I think it's well chronicled. The points, you know, per game are down. Yet in these critical moments, Patrick has obviously elevated his game, elevates everyone around him. Chase had said, hey, there's like this next level quarterback play that you're watching unfold in front of you for all of the accolades. And Mahomes was in the conversation for GOAT. He certainly still is. But as he's winning you know, a Super Bowl on a league MVP, you see all the the great splash plays, the explosive moments on yes. the football field. And yet it's sometimes the subtle stuff that's not getting recognized. And I think Chase really characterized it well on TA, the broadcast, when he was going through these plays uh, about Mahomes. Number one is willingness to, to throw a ball out of bounds um, is something to not force a play. His willingness to take a sack is not the worst thing. And Chase's exact words were, it's okay occasionally to punt. And I think it's hard for most fans, quite frankly, probably a whole lot of quarterbacks who are paid or, you know, even if you're not paid, you're at the cut. Well, I guess NIL now, but, you know, the amateur level, I'll use air quotes around it. 
you're the quarterback. You want to make plays. And sometimes living to fight another down and not turning the ball over is key. And I think that's the evolution of the quarterback that you're seeing from Mahomes. And here's the other thing that I would throw your way. I didn't think the Chiefs were going to be playing in the Super Bowl this year. I didn't think they were going to beat the Ravens. I, I looked at how this offense had been performing. Here's the argument that not only is this team currently a dynasty, but there's more to come. Brett Veach, their general manager, has done a remarkable job drafting players on the defensive side. I will give them the benefit of the doubt they're going to find a, a, a top-flight wide receiver in free agency this year. Let's just say Kelsey continues to play. Mahomes is 28 friggin' years old. The one other aspect I will throw to every Chiefs fan that should make them smile and the rest of the fan bases out there for all the other teams, cringe. This is the youngest defense in the NFL, a defense that has essentially led them to the Super Bowl. So to me, if I look at the macro future of the next few seasons, I go, yo, they could be back next year too. Okay, couple things. There's a lot to digest there. The fact that this was the second ranked scoring defense in the NFL and the second ranked total defense in the NFL behind only the team they vanquished last Sunday, the Baltimore Ravens, that unit is the youngest defense in the NFL. That's hard enough for yeah. AFC West and other opponents to swallow. But you kind of slyly threw in Patrick Mahomes' age. And I almost don't believe you. And yet I can see it in front of me in black and white. It's true. Listener, did you hear what Mike Am just reminded us of? Patrick Mahomes is only 28 yeah. years old. This guy has been to six straight AFC Championship games. He is in his fourth Super Bowl in the last six years. He has won a couple of MVPs, and he's only 28 years old. This is a frightening combination, but let this be a lesson to anybody who is out there in the team building world, whether it's in the NFL or any other industry or any other sport, look at what these guys are doing. You called them out, Mike, and you're right to do so. This leadership council for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're doing something right. Not that I'm trying to create a doomsday scenario as I just lifted up this, this franchise. Just consider this. They got a bunch of first and second year players on the defensive side, which to me means there's some paydays that are looming around the corner. Truly, what is that window? It's Mahomes, so it's long. But I would imagine from a defensive perspective, you know, like what happens in two years? You know, I think that does put a little bit of pressure because Chase Daniel said it at the end of Total Access, the broadcast, favorite Super Bowl memory. He goes, yo, the one that I won. And he said, it happened as my rookie season and I didn't know what I was getting involved in. And I... Never got back Never there. Got How back. many years did she? I should know that. 14. 14. Yeah. 14 years in the league. What did we hear Dan Campbell say after the, the loss to the Niners? He told those guys that may have been your only chance, which I thought was a little bit of a kick in the dick after what <laughs> after what they had just gone through, right? Yeah. To say, well, boys, that may have been your only chance. I mean, I know that he said it with context, and I'm certain that it was done in a loving manner. But, man, the harsh truth of that, that's a hard pill to it, swallow it right totally there. It totally is. So I, I think for any Chiefs fan right now, you know you're living through this the glory days. You are, you are a dynasty. That's, I won't, I'll never argue that they're not. They win this one, certainly cement it. But in my mind, there's some pressure here to try to get this one. Okay, would you ever bet against uh, number 15? Oh, we God. don't bet in the NFL. We're NFL employees. We don't bet. But would you ever bet against uh, Patrick Mahomes? I guess the short answer is yes. I had the Ravens last week. Okay, <laughs> you, so you did. You've done it already. Having learned that lesson, would you ever bet against Mahomes again? 
This is my sly way of getting his pick from him oh, a week no. before we're actually going to get his pick from him. Jeff Lasucci, who we Where love. are you leaning right now? Because we, we got where you were leaning yeah. yesterday. I want to see if 24 hours has made a difference. Where are you leaning today? It depends on the minute. It depends it, on the minute. It okay, really so does in go back this and minute, forth. At this minute, uh, 148 Pacific Standard Chiefs. Time, you're leaning Chiefs. Yeah, but that was it was Niners 30 minutes ago. Uh, close game. <laughs> Oh, is it a close way. game regardless? Either way. Either way, it's Is close. this an epic, memorable encounter that you see coming our way, what, uh, nine days from now? Yeah, you know what I don't want to see, though? What? If I'm a Niners fan, usually I set this up with you when we do these shows. Oh, yeah, it's going to be like last second possession, you know, last possession field goal to win. I don't know if I trust Moody. I really don't. That, to me, changes the dynamic. We've seen... You reminded us of the, the Browns' miss. Yeah. And we don't need reminding of what we saw recently yeah. from Jake Moody. Uh, a couple of field goals that would have made that team feel a hell of a lot better about themselves in games that they ultimately won. Yes, however... Ask I, any Patriots fan how important their kicker is. No doubt. Ask any Colts fan who has a Super Bowl memories how important their kicker is. Ask uh -huh. any team that has won a Super Bowl recently how important uh, their kicker is to that endeavor. The answer is very. And uh, Jake Moody, you've been put on blast by Mike Yam, and I'm going to co-sign that because, listen, you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Well, the hour is coming again, man, and uh, you better step up. We interrupt this podcast to bring you five things you may have missed from Championship Sunday. It's getting harder to make excuses, listener, uh, for me too, believe me, uh, that we could possibly have missed anything from a day in which both games, four teams, two games, it's all right there in front of us. But the fact is we did miss a few things, and Bridget Condon is here to remind us that we may have done just that. Bridget Condon, welcome back. Nice to see you, dude. We're here, man. We are here. We're, We're down we, to like, two teams like nine, after this. ten days from Super Bowl 58. Are you ready? I, you would think that I am playing in the Super Bowl with how crazy I've been acting this week, <laughs> running around trying to get things done. Like, I can't imagine being a player. I can't imagine being a player either, although there is a part of me, you know, that little boy that would love to sort oh. of like living vicariously through them now as a 52-year-old. Man, I would love to be out there. I know there's a part of you that would be too. I think this is going to be an amazing game. This is going to have everything we could have asked for, and it's going to start with Taylor, and I know... Well, I'll just wait until we get into it. Okay, into but no, it. but yeah, okay. So this game next Sunday, uh, she's saying, is has everything that we could possibly have asked for. And as badly as we may feel for the Ravens, and as badly as I personally feel for the Lions, with so many Lions fans in my family, I really think we have perhaps the best matchup of all with the Niners and the Chiefs. I'm not going to hold you to it tomorrow, but sitting here right now, Bridget Condon, before we get to five things we may have missed in Championship Sunday. What does your gut tell you about Super Bowl 58? Who wins it? Oh, God. Don't put me on the spot like that. I mean, I grew up in New England, okay? And so growing up, Tom Brady and the Patriots yeah. were it. And I never really knew. You were really there with knew, a dynasty. Yeah, I never knew that people found it so frustrating. And now watching the Chiefs, of course, I don't have a particular team that I root for now as right, an unbiased reporter, but I can see it. And I'm like, oh, is this what how people felt about the Patriots constantly being back there, right? Because we all kind of were like, oh, this would be awesome for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They haven't done it before. You know, Patrick and Travis, they've done it before. And I'm thinking okay, is this how people feel? You know, people want Brock Purdy and this Niners team to finally get a ring. First time in nearly three decades. Is this Chiefs team, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, are they just that much more talented that it's going to be, 
you know, it's all fun and games until they go out there and, and show everyone we're champions for a reason. Oh, God, I know. It's, I mean, well, listen, we're going to find out. Here, this is, the, here's the, this is a fair question I can ask you instead of having you pick because you're right. You, you don't pick as a reporter, and I shouldn't ask you to. I just kind of wanted to know where your gut yeah. was in that moment. But I will ask you this. I asked Mike Yam on the podcast yesterday this question. What's the better story? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs cementing a dynasty. I think a third Super Bowl in, what, four or five years would do that. Or Mr. Irrelevant winning Super Bowl MVP. What's the better story? Oh, that's a really tough question because... Mike Yam's answer to that was, I want them both. Well, when you think about where the Chiefs were earlier this season, for them to be playing in this Super Bowl... It's extraordinary. It is, and I don't think people have given Patrick Mahomes the credit... He's gotten plenty of credit. Let me stop there. But I don't think they've given him the credit that he deserves. He's not on the top, 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 top tier. And I believe he should be. And I think this is the goat. Is that what you're saying? I think that says the New England girl. Look, I about to lose a whole bunch of friends on Instagram. I think in this generation. Yeah. Why can't there be? Tom Brady's no, in his own generation. No, look, there's Michael Jordan and there's LeBron, right? So, yes. Right, but I think this continues to build that, um, you know, he's not even, is he even 30? Like, I don't know that he, you can call someone a GOAT before they're 30. I think that's a, I think that's a fair answer to the question. Okay, so we're plenty of time for us to look ahead, and Bridget, you and I are going to look ahead next week when we meet each other in Las Vegas. Let's we're going to be there it. for the Super Bowl. I can't wait for this, listener. Let's put this on your radar that Bridget and I are going to do a five things to look forward to, right? We're going to look ahead for once. Five things that you cannot miss in Super Bowl 58. Bridget, is going to be there to tell us what that is. A really kind of an interesting viewer's guide from her. Can't wait for that. Thank you in advance for that. Before we look ahead, let's look back. Let's look back to five things we may have missed in Championship Sunday. What's number one? Number one, I know nobody missed it, but we got to start with it. Taylor Swift down on the field. Yeah, it was cool. I don't think we expected this. Especially, I totally didn't yes, expect it. Especially people who follow Taylor Swift because of high level, like how much of a celebrity she is. I just never thought that security would allow it and they'd be able to have her interacting that closely to media and fans and family. But there she was, and Andy Reid on stage pointing at her pointing and at her, her right. pointing Tell me the story back. Behind that, what was that? I think it was just like you're we're my recognizing girl, yeah, it. yeah, like you and you. And somebody you know, told me that he said before. You may have heard this. You probably did. That he said, Travis doesn't want to hear this, but I knew her before he did. Yeah, because like of course I she's was a the famous matchmaker. Eagles fan. Let's not forget mm-hmm. that, listener. She's an Eagles fan yep. who is a Jason Kelsey fan, but happens to be dating his brother, who, of course, plays for the small E enemy, Kansas City Chiefs. It's kind of a cool thing. But yeah, she knew Andy Reid, apparently, before she ever knew Travis Kelsey. So there you go. But the best part about all of that was, and whether you hate this and you've already turned off the podcast or whatever... You can't hate the fact that this has bonded so many daughters and their dads, so many wives and husbands, even just my friends. People are watching, people are loving football, and this is something that we should celebrate. The way that this has brought people together, and it has just created this whole new realm of fans and i love it yeah. i don't know how you can hate it and they are so happy on the field hugging like how do you hate love 
Why do you hate Gracie love? and I Just always let say it go. when Gracie and I watch television, whether it's reality television, and yeah, we have a few guilty pleasures uh, thrown in our mix. We always say the same thing. One of us says it first. We love love. Love it. And that's our I line mean, because we it. do. We love love. We love our own love story. And we are here and rooting for anybody who meets and falls in love. And it doesn't always work out for everybody. And who knows if the TNT is going to work out for Just them. But the fact it. is, I, I'm here for it now. And you're absolutely right. It's, not, it's very nice of you and very good of you to remind us of the, the ripple effect of this. It's not eye rolls for those of you who are so offended that you're viewing, you know, your, your typical viewing thing is, is being interrupted in a way that you didn't expect or want. No, it is bringing fathers and daughters together. It was a great article in the Washington Post about this. It's bringing uh, husbands and wives together as Gracie's interest has gone up. I, I pull her head up out of her computer. I said this the other day on our, on our show to say, hey, babe, there's your girl. And Sean O'Hara told a story that he watched the game with his son. And then when Taylor cutaways were on, his kid said, hey, mommy, she's on. And Sean's wife and daughters would run into the room to, to look at it. So, yes, it is bringing families together in a weird sort of way. And we have love to thank for it. We don't have Taylor or Travis to thank for it. They're just two people who are part of the story. But, yes, we do have love to thank for it. And I love that you brought that to our attention. Okay, that's one thing we didn't miss. Let's be honest, listener, we didn't miss it. But it's nice to get a little bit more context on it from you, Bridget Condon. What's number two? I missed this in the moment until this morning. Justin Reed, did you see the shirt no, he was wearing? No. Safety, obviously, for the Chiefs in the locker room post game. Had a hell of a game. Great game. He was photographed, put it on his Instagram with defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola wearing a shirt that says, In Spags We Trust. Oh, there you I go. I love that. I and love I that think too. I saw something where the site he purchased it, he put out the link and like fans went crazy. It like crashed the site. And I think proceeds are going to, if I remember correctly, his uh, foundation. They're going to some form of charity, which is cool. And I love, love that. that. And I mean, I think the other thing that's so impressive about this Chiefs team is we talk so much about Travis Kelsey and Patrick. Patrick Mahomes in this offense, but how about their defense oh, really carrying this team through to the Super Bowl? Without a doubt, they had the 15th ranked scoring offense this year, which is a little strange to say, right, about a Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid-led offense. They were the 15th ranked scoring offense in the NFL. But then you look at the other side. They had the number two ranked scoring defense and the number two ranked total defense. The only team better, the team that they beat in the AFC Championship game, the Ravens. So, yes, this is one of the elite defenses in the NFL. And who designed it? Who's the architect, the orchestrator? Is it the orchestrator, the conductor of this orchestra? None other than Steve Spagnola. In Spags, we trust indeed, as you should. What's number three? Kristen Juszczyk. Have you seen all this? <laughs> I tend to look away when I see the word Juszczyk. Why? Uh, I call Kyle Juszczyk kid consonant because if you're looking away from your computer, can you spell Juszczyk no, right I now? No, I literally was of trying to, and I... I trying to type it. I had to just copy. Uh, it's not her fault that she married into this name. Tell me about Christian Yuschek. So obviously Kyle's wife, um, incredible designer. Have you seen the no. outfits that she's been making? No. I've got to tell Gracie about what? this because Gracie's in fashion. So oh my I need goodness! To, I need okay, to know so this. she the the jacket that Taylor Swift was wearing two games ago, the eighty-seven. It was like a puffer. Yeah. Designed by Kristen Yuschek. Come on. She designed. Um, Taylor Lautner's Lions jacket. She designed Brittany Mahomes' Chiefs jacket. She has this whole fashion, like all of her outfits that she wears to Niners games, she de designs and makes herself. No shit. It is crazy. She does it for like a lot of the wives and girlfriends. Reportedly, 
her and the NFL have reached a licensing agreement to use league and team logos on her designs. Which is how good her designs are. Wow. So good. You have to go look at them if you haven't. And okay. I just love, again, it's the Taylor effect. I love that women are being almost invited to football games now, right? Like we're allowed to come and sit at the table and it's not, you know, in the past guys, you guys don't care about fashion, right? Like most guys just like throw on a Jersey, whatever. Well, girls are like, can we wear something cute? And now Kristen Juszczyk is making that possible. And my husband said last night, we need a red carpet at the Super Bowl for all the wives and girlfriends. Boom. We need, I mean, the players, we get to see their drip. Let's see these designs by Kristen Juszczyk. Let's see the wives and girlfriends. Roll out a red carpet. Chiefs and Niners are both red. The red carpet is the place to be. I want to see the fashion before the game starts. Uh, the drip is in the details. Go check out Kristen Juszczyk's designs, which I certainly will do the moment we stop recording on Gracie's behalf. What's number four? Nick Bosa post game at Brock's Locker. Did you see this no. video that um, I'm telling one you, of the oh, NFL you're, you're, you're about 96% okay. success. I, I don't see this. any of these. Things. Obviously, Brock had a an incredible game, 48 yards on the ground. Um, shocked. Uh, almost as that many. I think Lamar had 54. Run on third yeah. and four was amazing. 20 for 31, uh, 267 through the air, had a touchdown. So Nick Bosa goes up to Brock Purdy. This was posted on one of the NFL's accounts. I'm blanking on which one. And he said, I'm just going to read you the transcript. He said, bro, the fact that you're doing this blows my mind. All of us, bro. Purdy goes, it's crazy. Bosa goes, did you think you'd be this good? I think I've asked you this before. And Purdy goes, no, I still got to get better, bro. Bosa said, I know, but did you like, how much confidence did you have? Because I was the second pick in the draft and I lacked confidence at times. Amazing. How amazing Amazing that. is that? I don't know I, how they got this conversation. It's not an O-lineman, right? It's not a tight end. It's not oh, one yeah. of the guys in his unit coming over and sort of like puffing him up. No, it's, it's Nick Bosa, the guy who is staring across the line from him at practice during training camp and all of that, who is sort of greatness, recognized greatness. Well, Nick Bosa is, he's up there and he is, is, He's gassing up uh, Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy fully freaking deserves it. He really does. He it's needed amazing. this game for not him or the team, for everybody else to just stop. Stop giving this guy doubts. <laughs> I know. He's he's doing it. But you Let know what I love? Live. You know what I love? My favorite part of that is not just the fact that Nick Bosa sort of showed that moment of humanity and fellowship with a, with a teammate, but the fact that Brock Purdy said, bro, I still need to I get gotta better. I got to get better. That's a true competitor. Hey, Niners fans love hearing that. Okay, so number one was Taylor Swift. Number two, in Spags We Trust. Number three, Kristen Juszczyk, uh, Kid Consonant's wife with the drip. Oh, my God, I had no idea. Uh, number four, Nick Bosa gassing up Brock Purdy at his locker. Finish strong. What's number five? The fifth thing we may have missed in Championship Sunday, Bridget Condon. This hurts my heart to talk about it. Oh, here we go. Is we this Lions? This is the Lions. The Detroit fans, the tens of thousands of fans that attended the official Lions all-grit watch party at Ford Field. Which was amazing, by the way. Did you see the videos? Oh, those are the cutaways nobody's talking about. Because oh, the fact is, my God. those cutaways tell you everything you need to know about Lions culture, hurts. about Detroit, about faith. Uh, in a team about long-suffering fans who were just indulging in a moment of joy that they fully freaking deserved. It was amazing. It was so incredible, and I just loved that story and the fact that they had it. I think stings more. If it was a blowout, which I'm not a Detroit 
person, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I would have thought if it was a blowout, like, okay. But the fact that at halftime they were probably booking their tickets to Vegas, it just kills me for this fan base. But look, I think you all Detroit fans should feel very, very excited with the news coming down that Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, is staying in Detroit. You will be back. Think about the Niners, how many times they've tried, you know? It is hard. This is why this sport is so amazing. It is so hard to get to the Super Bowl and celebrate the season you had because it was an incredible, incredible season, and you'll be back. Without a doubt. And I think to your point, Bridget, it is super hard just to win a single game, much less enough games to get you into the playoffs, much less a playoff game or two as the Lions did. But you know what is also really hard in this game? When you have a star a coordinator, whether it's on the defensive oh, side or gosh. on the offensive yep. side, it is almost impossible to keep that person on the staff. See the and Eagles. Ben Johnson is back with the Lions, and Jared Goff is the happiest man in America, and Dan Campbell has to be one of the happiest men in America for that news. Detroit Lions, look, this for me, it's personal. Gracie's mom's family, it's personal, and I really do hope that they find their way back into the mix next year. I want to be talking about a Lions playoff run again a year from now, but for now, Uh, Lions fans who showed up for that viewing party. Good for you. Congratulations on an extraordinary season. Bridget Condon, thank you so much for five things we may have missed in Championship Sunday. You're awesome, dude. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. See you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, the host of Total Access, the broadcast, Mike Yim. Okay, the reason I asked you would you ever bet against Patrick Mahomes was really just a sly, syntactic way to get to a couple of rapid-fire questions about prop bets that I've seen. And based on our previous conversation about Taylor Swift, I grilled you a little bit about that. I played it for Gracie. You passed the test. Uh, she was not mad at you for your take on Taylor Swift. There oh, is. I saw a bunch of prop bets that are all Taylor Swift based, Taylor Swift related, okay, based on her uh, the names of her songs. But the first one is the board. the The one that hit the board early is the the over under on the number of Taylor Swift cutaways you expect to see in the game. Now that was the cause of particular angst and eye roll for you recently. The number was set at four and a half. I would have bet the over so hard I can't even begin. Oh yeah, uh, right. Are we that, right that, on that four and like, a half? That'd be like betting. Are there going to be points scored in the Super Bowl? Four and a half? Are you kidding me? I would have thought the Hell number. Yeah. I, I would have thought a better number would be nine and a half or ten and a half. So you you force people to choose: is it going to be double digits or not? Hundred percent. Right. Hundred percent. Four and a half. There's there's no chance it's four and a half. Just think about this. Anytime Travis Kelsey makes a catch in the game, so if you think he's going to have six catches, yeah, you'll they're going to cut away to, to Taylor Swift every Without single time, doubt. and that doesn't even include. Is it just during Not the actual game? Not every single time, because let's face it. Let's be fair. Eleven catches, eleven targets, eleven catches in the last game, and there were only five cutaways all game. It'll, so the five is basically the number that's informing the four and a half, but. Oh my God! What are we talking about? It's Vegas. Yeah. It's going to be celebrity. There are going to be celebrities everywhere. I think the number—it's got to be an over, 100%. right? Hundred percent. Okay. Uh, is it over now? I don't actually recognize that as a Taylor Swift song title, but that is one. Yeah. That's the title for this prop bet: Kansas City Chiefs to lead at some point in this game by 14 or more points. Niners fans don't want to hear it. Do you envision a world in which the Chiefs lead by 14 or more points at any point in this game? Yeah, I could see that happening. I could see the first two possessions for Kansas City. They score, it's 14 nothing, and then the Niners start making a run. Although, I don't know if it plays out that way, but the point is I absolutely can see that happening. Here's an anti-Chiefs prop bet. It's called Karma. That, that's another <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift song title. That Travis Kelsey would be held to zero receptions in a Niners win. I don't see that ever happening. Can you envision a scenario with that Niners defense that he's held without a catch? Only if he's hurt. Only if he's that's hurt, fair enough. Way. He'd have to go down in the opening drives. The only way. Please I mean, let's that, not have that happen for anybody watching this game or anybody playing in this game. I'm blanking. I feel like I've had so many of these conversations. Did we talk about this yesterday on, on the podcast? Travis in the middle of the field, the most uh, productive wide receiver, according to Next Gen Stats, in the middle of the field. In the NFL this season? In the NFL this season. Ravens, I think, were the third. Don't quote. It's in this. Let's just call it top five. Ravens, top five middle defense and 11, tar well, whatever, 11 catches, but five of them, five targets, five catches. So this in, is strength on strength. Travis yep. Kelsey feasts in the middle of the field. The Ravens are stingy in the middle of the field. There's a matchup to watch. Thank you for that. And the one. Niners, by the way, better than the Ravens in those scenarios. Oh. So. Just FYI. Very interesting. Thank you. Yes, yeah, I meant sorry. to say uh, Niners, not Ravens. Thank you for that. Look what you made me do. We all know that Taylor Swift song. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs to trail in the fourth quarter and still win the game. Can you see that happening? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely can 100%. see that happening, right? 100%. You give number 15 the ball with, you know, a little bit more than 13 seconds to go and you've got a chance. Love Story. That'll be awesome. Don't roll your eyes. Yes, there's a Taylor Swift song called Love Story. Okay. Okay, you have a love story, have I have a love story. Up? We all have a love story. I didn't make any of this up. Kansas City Chiefs to win, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to combine for all of the Chiefs' 
touchdowns. Can you imagine that scenario in which Mahomes and Kelsey combine for all of the Chiefs' touchdowns and they win? No. No. Other I, people are going to have to get involved. Goal line kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's uh, Pacheco is, is going to be in the mix. I can see a, a Rasheed Rice big play. Yeah, I can see Rasheed Rice or MVS yes, making yeah. up for all of this drop narrative. Yeah. They're going to put that behind them and get themselves in the paint. Pacheco most likely, though. I, I can totally see one of those. Look, I can even see an explosive catch that gets them inside the five, and it's Pacheco carrying it into the end zone. Okay, a couple more, and then yeah. I've got to let you go. Uh, Mastermind, there's another Taylor Swift song. San Francisco 49ers to win and rush for more than 200 yards. Can you see a game script in which Shanahan goes out and says, McCaffrey, you're getting 30 touches. 25 of those touches are going to be runs, and you're going to run for 180 yards yourself. And uh, Brock Purdy and a couple other dudes, maybe Kyle Juszczyk breaks one. Um, they use Debo in the run game. That's the only and reason And they I'm use hedging. Debo in the run game, a couple yeah. end arounds, and you've got 200-plus yards rushing, and the Niners win. If the Niners win, that is a path for That them. is one of yeah. their paths to victory yeah. is that very prop bet. Yeah. Very interesting. Mastermind. Uh, and finally... Mine. I think that apparently that is a Taylor Swift song title. I don't know that. I know my son likes to fall asleep to Lavender Hayes. Taylor Hello. Swift doesn't want to hear that because it's a song that's putting him to sleep. I'm not suggesting it's boring. I'm just saying Henry likes to fall asleep to Lavender Hayes. Uh, <laughs> mine, this prophet, is Travis Kelsey, 87, his number or more receiving yards. Yeah, I could see that. I can see that, uh, right? Three that Super Bowls. Seem, that seems for relatively him. easy. He's had, I don't know the exact numbers, but in the three Super Bowls, he's had at least 100 yards receiving or receiving touchdowns. So I, he's just the focal point, and I think maybe more so this year than in previous years. So, yeah, I, I could see more than that. I lied. I want to get a couple more from you. Yeah. Fearless, Brock Purdy, 300 or more passing yards no. and three or more passing touchdowns in a San Francisco 49ers win. No. I don't see that either. Uh, 15, Patrick Mahomes, 15 or more rushing yards and 215 or more passing yards. Yeah, oh yeah. Of yeah, course, that seems easy, right? Uh, friendship bracelets, Travis Kelsey or Kyle Juszczyk to score the first touchdown. Kelsey. Gold Rush, San Francisco 49ers to score 40 or more points. I don't see that against this Chiefs defense, I don't do think you? Either, I don't think either team gets the 40. And finally, how you get the girl. Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown in each half. Oh, that's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. Yeah, that could happen. Are you are you fifty one or more percent that it will happen, or are you? It's a push for you. It's a push to me. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Two touchdowns is hard to get in the Super Bowl. You damn right it is. So to get them in, one in, in each half, half is no. Nah, I wouldn't do it. I want to thank today's special guest, Mike Yam, for his sometimes committed and sometimes reluctant answers to the uh, Taylor Swift-inspired prop bets. But more than anything, thank you so much for being here, buddy. Am I going to see you before the Super Bowl? Is this it? Is this the end? I'm, I'm in no, Vegas I'm Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, you're in Monday. Vegas on Tuesday night. Hey, before you go, tell us about what you're doing yeah, Tuesday so night in Vegas. Tuesday night, honestly, I, I'm, it's a real thrill um, and seriously humbled to even be asked. But, you know, we always think about the Super Bowl. You know, we use this in, in common vernacular. It's the Super Bowl, right? Right for any big event, yeah, this is legitimately the Super Bowl, and I've never experienced or seen or heard of anything like this. The the league was nice enough, and the Raiders are, are helping putting it on because it's in Vegas, nice enough to include me. But they're doing a lunar year night market, and they sent me an email. And they said, "Hey, would you mind, you know, emceeing and hosting this deal?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I've never seen 
I've never seen anything like this for the Asian community, if I'm being totally honest, associated with sports. So a real thrill for me to be included, but I'll take it a step further. Drew, they said to me, oh, it's going to be like, I don't know, anywhere from like three to 6,000 people there. I'm like, oh, it's awesome. You're opening it up for fans. And I'm on this Zoom and they looked at me and they're like, no, no, no fans. I was like, like, you just said between three and 6,000. Where the hell are all these people coming from? Like, who are they? Press. And they said that there's over 6,000 credentialed media. <laughs> So <laughs> let's roll. That's Tuesday night, but it'll be fun. But Monday, we got opening ceremonies. We got total access. We got multiple shows on Monday. Uh, I'm not here on Tuesday because I'll be in Vegas doing Radio Row and then event. And then Wednesday, we got honors on Thursday. You and I, well, yes. yeah, you'll be working the red carpet. I'll we'll, be there. You'll you know, be here. Yeah, yeah. It'll be awesome. And then Friday, we, we, this is going to be an awesome week, man. I hope it's a safe week for you. I hope it's a wonderful week for you. And I hope that I can find a way to get you on the pod at some point next yeah. week before the game, because I want to get your final pick, this minute-to-minute -minute vacillation that you've been doing. <laughs> at a certain point, it's got to stop. And when it does stop, I want to know where you land, uh, who wins it, uh, what's the score. I promise you, I'll get that information from Mike, whether it's 100%. in person or I'll pass it along. Michael Yam, thank you so much. You're the best, man. And I want to invite the listener to join us next time. We're going to have a show Monday, which is a special promotion for the NFL 360 Black History Month special, something that you've got to hear. We're going to have Jason McCourty here on that day to tell us about a couple of stories that you have to hear. Then we're going to be right back to Super Bowl talk on Tuesday of next week. So cannot wait to see you guys then. Till then, take care of you, take care of your crew, and ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.